Representatives Mike Ramone and Lyndon Yurick are the Republican leader and whip of the Republican caucus in the House of Representatives. They and Senator Hawker joined the second floor to discuss the caucus's joint good governance legislative package. Welcome back to another episode of the Second Floor Podcast, the first of the 2024 General Assembly. Uh, we are back after a little six-month break there. But anyway, today I am joined with Senator Gerald Hawker from the Fight in 20th, my home district here. Thank, thank you, Matt, and happy to be a part of your first uh, podcast of the uh, <laughs> second leg of the 152nd General Assembly. That's right. And then also joining us up here, uh, the House Republican Leadership, Representative Mike Ramone and Representative Lyndon Yurick. Gentlemen, how are you? Hey, good afternoon. Thanks a lot. Long time listener, first time participant. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. It's great to be here. It's great to be able to speak to the community and make sure that we're in a place where uh, we can listen to them and, and their voices be heard. Absolutely. So, uh, just 24 hours ago, so we're recording this on Thursday, yesterday on Wednesday, uh, House and Senate Republicans introduced the first round of a series of bill packages that will be introduced throughout this General Assembly. Uh, this first portion focused on good governance, what we're calling good governance. Um, so, Senator, let's just start off with you. When you hear the term good governance, I know this is going to probably be a loaded question, but what does that phrase mean to you? Good government is to bring to Dover what our constituents are asking for us to bring to, to uh, Dover. And it's uh, my f definition of good government is doing only what people cannot do for themselves. And, you know, our state government has got entirely too large, you know, equal to everybody else's government, you know, federal or every, every state. Um, it's gotten completely out of hand, and good government uh, bills that we introduced or should not be called Republican bills, but it's the Republicans that had to bring them forth. They should be called our constituent bills because they are there for the constituents. And it's the request that I'm hearing from all the constituents I talk to. And the number one thing that, you know, <clears throat> I'm praising that we brought is trying to limit uh, rules and regulations. And I look back, you know, 52 years ago when my wife and I started business. Uh, rules and regulations didn't affect my business, didn't stop me. 52 years later, they're about stopping any progress that I'm doing, any expansion I'm doing, but it upsets me that anybody trying to start out with what my wife and I started out with is impossible today, and that's what I don't like. Everybody should have equal opportunity, and if they want to start a business, uh, regulations should not keep them from doing that and i'm happy to uh propose you know the regulation uh, oversight we need that and i think the ev mandate is a good example is why we need that oversight we saw constituent after constituent talk against the mandate of the evs and 94 percent of all those that responded uh were against the mandate and they do it anyway so a uh, good government bill should be out there to eliminate all the negativity that we're hearing from rules and regulations and uh, the power of the government, you know, going on and on for two years. People elect us, and we should be 
bringing to Dover what they want us to do, not taking it out of our hands by an executive committee. So you you did reference one of the uh, bills that we wanted to touch on that was introduced in this package by Representative Collins. It was House Bill 245, and that was introduced uh, in 2023. A different iteration of it was introduced in 2021 or shortly after the COVID pandemic was really uh, at the forefront of everyone's minds and stuff. So uh, Representative Yerk, could you just maybe explain what that bill does and why it's needed? Sure. I mean, uh, Rich did a great job where uh, – He's appreciative of the of the three branches of government, and truth be told, uh, the executive branch, uh, what this legislation would do, would try to provide some greater balance in regard to, God forbid, another extended state of emergency where we'd love to see the uh, the executive branch want to engage more with the, the legislative branch. You know, if, truth be told, if we have to pass a law that mandates that, so be it, but it's just trying to have a better balance and communicate and work together that uh, history has a funny way of repeating itself, and we may see another situation like this where it would require greater communication, uh, not just once in a while sort of update meetings, but a true give and take where uh, I believe the time frame was for six months, which was we initially asked for 30 days with the initial piece of legislation. Again, which I think we would all believe and agree that in good governance, a governor whomever he or she is, whatever party they belong to, would want to have more engagement with the legislative branch just for better decision-making, better give and take, better transparency, and, uh, you know, just to have, uh, you know, additional way not to, you know, cover one's you-know-what, but to have the best possible chance to have the best possible decisions made for all elected officials because we, we would do work for the people, not the other way around, and we want to be held accountable by the people for the decisions that we make or don't make and I think the legislation is a good piece, uh, a good fix towards that. Representative Spiegelman has a couple bills within this package that would give, uh, in his, believe it, his quote yesterday uh, during the press conference, kind of the people a little bit more say in the regulatory process. Uh, why, Representative Ramon, do you think that's important and why is that needed? Well, I, I think. Uh, Things changed when we had our COVID pandemic, and quite frankly, because of the state of the emergency, the uh, executive branch, because of the ability to have speed and be able to address the need, uh, was empowered to be the king, in essence. Uh, the legislative branch was uh, basically not even functioning, and the judicial branch wasn't either because of the public access and so forth. So it's good to be king, but should we have been king for two years? Should we have been king maybe for one year? Should we have been king maybe for six months? Um, we shut down businesses. We made people wear masks. We did things that I am not holding any fault against our governor or anyone else. What I'm suggesting is we were in a point that we had to rewrite a book of something that's never happened in, in the history of the country, let alone the state of Delaware. So the governor did the best he could, but he's still in the executive branch with one person and all his secretaries who are probably listening to him as their executive. The legislators are 62 people listening to a lot of people trying to bring that dialogue in. The Republican Party of late, with the, with the uh, supermajority of the single power on the other side, have been rendered to the party that tries to prevent damage. We try to fix bad bills that are coming in maybe from the other side, and we try to take unintended consequences away from them. But for us to be able to exercise an agenda is not functional in a superpower state. However, when there is a state of emergency, even those 
uh, legislators on both sides lose that voice, they can't represent their people. So when we run into these situations similar to this, and uh, you know, we use them to learn. This was something new. We rewrote the book. We there's a due diligence on us now, Republicans and Democrats in the House, to reconfigure laws that if this happens again. We have laws that addresses it. The governor can't just roll out two years. Every certain period of time, it will be reviewed to make sure it's still warranted. The second part of it that's maybe even more uh, um, concerning is all because there's federal initiatives going on because the federal government's in one state of emergency or one type. We're keeping ourselves in a state of emergency so we can reap the rewards of that. I don't think that's appropriate. I don't think that's appropriate representation of the people in our state. And then the last, but probably the most important, is the voice of the people in a state of emergency is gone. It's not heard. We're their voice. That's why the Founding Fathers were brilliant enough to have an executive branch that runs the business, have a legislative branch that listens to the customers and brings the customers' woes and problems to the uh, to a world where they can be addressed in law, and then to have judges and the judicial system to make sure that no one's violating the Constitution in those other two initiatives. We lost that in the state of emergency, and coming out of it should have been a priority, or at least reviewing it on a period of time should have been important, but it wasn't because we, did, we never expected to be in that situation. Next time, if we aren't prepared for this, it's our fault. No one else's. We need to make that preparation now. So that's come, kind of some of the things I think we're doing. What I what I love to always say, and it's pretty simple, uh, all be, all because there's one party rule that does not empower that one party to ignore the Constitution. And if you are one party rule, there should be less of an incentive to ignore the Constitution because if you feel the Constitution should be changed, bring it through the legislative process and change it. If you're listening to your people, some don't want to go that way because maybe they're not listening to their people. They got a, they got voted in by a certain fringe group. They got voted in by a party. They got voted in by something that doesn't enable them to represent the people that got them there. And therefore, they try to do it in different ways. Open government is the best government. Small government is the most efficient government. And a government that listens is a government that doesn't make mistakes. And so as small business owners, I would suspect that a package of bills like this, and like I said, we'll have more coming out, this would probably be pretty attractive to you. I mean, is that fair to say? Very attractive. You know, and I've said time and time again that this administration is the most anti-business administration that I've dealt with, you know, in my business years, even prior to me being a legislator. You know, I'm, I can go back to the Governor Peterson days and come on up and, uh, I think we've had a very anti-business administration this time. And getting back to uh, Representative Ramon, uh, I think our constituents realize why the governor took so long and so much power because we didn't know what to expect. But now they want us to do something so that power doesn't go on forever anymore. And I'd like to say it stopped with no more than 90 days. I think the 180 days is even too much. We are the voice of our people. 62 of us hear that voice, and we need to bring it uh, to Dover. There was a time where businesses uh, thrived with chicken, Senator. Yep. Our southern part of our state was 
chicken capital of the world, I'd like to say. Uh, chemicals with the DuPont company we were crushing. We had cars. We had two mon monstrous car manufacturers, two of the biggest in the nation, right in our own state. And, of course, credit cards that were, we were lucky enough to have when MB&A came in. Uh, they're gone. They're all gone. That was the middle jobs that made our Delawareans be able to live and raise their family. They're gone. That's 30 years of one-party rule. I think it's time that we try to find an environment where we can have one group of legislators that are 62 people representing a state, not a party. Yeah, with uh, today uh, to acknowledge uh, the retirement of Nick Saban and the uh, perhaps the well, not the, perhaps the leaving of uh, Coach Bill Belichick mm -hmm. from the Patriots. Both of them from the same coaching tree. The probably number one mantra was always just do your job. Just do your job. That's what we need to do. We need to do our job. We need to listen to our constituents. We're not always going to agree, but it is a process, and we have to trust the process. We have to respect that process, do our job, be accountable, communicate, and, again, we work for the people, not the other way around. Worth noting, Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns, yeah. yeah that, got my... That's the family tree where they got it going. Hopefully January Joe takes us to where we need to go this year i'm a browns fan full disclosure anyway gentlemen appreciate it i know it's a little short and sweet but we all got important meetings to get to we're going to be doing this a lot more throughout session a little bicameral is that the right term uh podcast with the house and senate republicans i think it's good together we're better that's right now so like i said there's going to be various pieces of legislation packages going to be introduced throughout this general assembly uh, we'll be keeping everyone up to date on that but in the meantime gentlemen appreciate you stopping by and thanks Matt. thanks Matt. thanks Adios, for having Matt. Us. Thank, thank you, you sir the second floor podcast is recorded and produced by the delaware state senate republican caucus you can find us on facebook instagram youtube and twitter with username de senate gop and at senategop.delaware.gov.